Hi, this is Mona. And this is Aaliyah. You are listening to A Devil's Tale. Today's story happened in the capital of Indonesia, Jakarta. The case was a national sensation, and to this day, a lot of Indonesians still debate whether the suspect did it or not. Jessica and Mirna both are from wealthy families in Jakarta. After college, Mirna decided to go to Australia because her boyfriend was in Melbourne. Mirna and Jessica ended up applying and going to the same graphic design school in Sydney. It was there the two met and became very close friends. During this studying abroad adventure, Jessica and Mirna did everything together. After graduation, Jessica found a decent design job in Sydney and decided to stay in Australia. Mirna, on the other hand, went back to Jakarta to help her family with their businesses. Mirna quickly became a socialite and was doing extremely well in life. Although the two remained in contact, the geographic distance took a toll on the friendship and the girls became more distant as time went on. In 2014, Mirna took a vacation in Australia and decided to visit Jessica. All was good until they started talking about their love life. Jessica has not been very lucky in the love department. She told Mirna her boyfriend Patrick has no job, is an alcoholic, and does a lot of drugs. Whenever Patrick gets drunk, he would hit her. Mirna could not believe Jessica was still considering being with this man. Mirna told Jessica very openly that she should break up with Patrick immediately. However, Jessica was not happy with Mirna's advice. The two had a big fight. Jessica walked out on Mirna and left her alone in the restaurant. At that point, their friendship was pretty much over. Not too long after the unpleasant meeting, Jessica's boyfriend, Patrick, decided to break up with her. She refused to accept it and started self-harm, hoping he would stay. This freaked out Patrick very much, and he got a restraining order against Jessica. Jessica's moods became increasingly unstable. Eventually, she lost her job in Australia. After a series of mental breakdowns, Jessica decided to take a trip to Jakarta for a change of scenery. On January 6, 2016, Jessica reached out to Mirna and invited her to have coffee at this upscale restaurant called Olivier. According to Mirna's husband, Arif, Mirna was shocked Jessica reached out and was feeling reluctant to meet up with her. Since their fallout in Sydney, they really haven't spoken to each other. But Mirna wanted to be a good friend and decided to bring a mutual friend of theirs to the coffee date to make things less awkward. Surveillance cameras at Olivier shows that Jessica arrived at the restaurant an hour and a half before Mirna and their mutual friend, Honey. Jessica also can be seen checking out the premise of the restaurant, and it seemed like she was scouting out where all the cameras are. A moment later, Jessica left the restaurant and went to Bath and Body Works next door. When she returned to Olivier restaurant, she had three big shopping bags in her hand. 
Jessica then texted the girls, asking them what they wanted to drink, and it was going to be her treat. Mirna said, since it's going to be a while before she and Honey arrive, they will order when they get there. However, Jessica insisted on buying them drinks right then and said she's going to order Mirna's favorite drink for her, an iced Vietnamese coffee. When Jessica finally sat down at a table after ordering, she put all of her three big shopping bags in a row on the table and arranged them in a way so the bags perfectly blocked the view from the surveillance camera nearby. It was also seen on the footage that she grabbed something out of her bag and touched the iced coffee, which was for Mirna. About an hour later, Mirna and Honey showed up at the restaurant. Mirna took a couple sips from the coffee and she immediately started fanning her hands in front of her nose as if something smelled bad. Mirna said to Honey that the coffee smelled weird and handed the drink to Honey. Honey then took a sip, trying to figure out what was wrong with the coffee. When Honey offered Jessica to try it, she refused and never touched the coffee. Few minutes later, Mirna suddenly leaned towards the back of the chair with her head tilted back completely. She started convulsing and began frothing at the mouth. Everyone at the restaurant rushed to her aid and called the medical emergency line. During this chaotic event, Jessica was seen on footage and by witnesses being very aloof and never rushed to Mirna's side. She stood far away and watched everything unfold emotionlessly. Staff at the restaurant also saw Jessica rubbing and scratching her palms repeatedly, which they thought was very weird. Most people at the restaurant thought Mirna is having an epilepsy episode, but Jessica kept yelling at the restaurant owner saying, what was in that coffee? What's wrong with that coffee? This interaction with Jessica actually spooked the owner so much that she ended up saving that cup of coffee, which otherwise would have been dumped out like any other unfinished drinks. She thought it was very strange that Jessica's focus was on the coffee while everyone is frantically trying to help Mirna. Even though the ambulance arrived fairly quickly, Mirna ended up dying on the way to the hospital. Then Jessica was arrested on January 29th as the sole suspect. After reviewing the security footages from Olivia Restaurant, the police tested the iced coffee Mirna drank three days after the incident and discovered the drink was laced with cyanide. Since Jessica was the one who ordered the coffee and the only person who spent an hour alone with the drink, the police grew very suspicious of her. The police also found it very strange that Jessica had three large shopping bags and each bag only contained a very tiny bottle of body wash. Jessica said it was a gift for the girls and the store only had big bags that day. During the beginning of the investigation, it was very difficult to gather evidence. Mirna's family initially didn't grant permission to perform an autopsy due to religious beliefs but eventually the police was able to convince them. The forensic doctor who testified at Jessica's trial said Mirna's intestines had signs of irritation that could only be caused by a corrosive substance like cyanide or arsenic. 
The inside of Myrna's mouth was also blackened. Apparently, that is also a sign of cyanide poisoning. On January 6th, Olivier Restaurant served 10 cups of the same coffee throughout the day. Only Myrna's had cyanide reaction. Earlier, we mentioned that the restaurant staff saw Jessica rubbing her palms vigorously on her pants. It was reported that she ordered her maid to throw the pair of pants away when she got home. When asked by the police, Jessica's mother said the pants was thrown out because it was torn. One known fact about cyanide is that it causes burning and itchy sensations on the skin. So based on all of the information above, Jessica was arrested for Mianna's murder. The Jakarta police reached out to Australian law enforcement for help. At this point, Jessica is already a permanent resident in Australia. It was important for the Jakarta police to work with Australian law enforcement in order to get a full picture of who Jessica is. Jessica's former classmates recall her personality as very friendly and bubbly. However, when the Jakarta police interviewed Jessica's former boss, Christy, the Jessica she knows is very different. After breaking up with Patrick, Jessica became very depressed and had attempted suicide a few times. She was hospitalized after another suicide attempt. When Christy visited Jessica at the hospital, Jessica made a very eerie comment about how she knows the exact dosage she would need to kill someone. This comment really freaked out Christy. As Jessica became increasingly unstable, Christy had no choice but to let her go. After she was fired, she threatened Christy that she should die, and so should Christy's mother. At the end of the interview, they believed that Jessica definitely is capable of being a vile person and carry out an evil act. They believe that she has been very angry with Myrna and jealous of the fact that Myrna's life was going so well. During the trial, the prosecutors called a lot of witnesses to the stand to support their theories. Most of them were psychologists and pathologists. With the psychologists, the focus was to build a picture of Jessica's mental state and also to examine Jessica's behaviors at the Olivier restaurant through the security footages. With the pathologists, the focus was on the physical evidence presented by the drink and Myrna's body. However, the trial became very controversial very quickly. The first being, there were allegations that senior Indonesian police officers refused to allow Jessica's lawyer to accompany her during questioning. The police has denied the allegation and said they asked the lawyer to leave the room to prevent him from influencing Jessica's statements. Apparently, Indonesian law enforcement is known to be quite corrupt and a lot of locals don't have much faith in the judicial system. Another aspect of the controversy was that due to Myrna's family's religious belief, an autopsy was not granted in the beginning. The defense lawyers believed that the physical evidence changed through time. The fact that Myrna's body was autopsied much later meant the evidence could be less accurate. The toxicology test conducted 70 minutes after Myrna's death also didn't find any trace of cyanide in her urine, bile, or liver. 
the test only showed a small amount of poison in her stomach. One of the pathologists believed that the trace is from common preservatives found in prepackaged foods. An Australian pathologist also testified and said that the amount of cyanide found in the coffee is not enough to kill a person. He believed a much larger dose would have been needed. He also pointed out that typically the onset of cyanide poisoning occurs up to 30 minutes after ingestion, not two minutes as seen in the surveillance footage. He said Mirna's body was also missing some typical indications, such as red skin and the smell of cyanide. The defense lawyers also pointed out that their mutual friend Honey also tasted the coffee, but has remained healthy. There's an episode about this case by 60 Minutes Australia. In the episode, the reporter interviewed one of the world's top toxicologists, Ian White, about the cyanide dosage. He said one teaspoon is enough to be lethal. When asked about the fact Mirna had no cyanide in any other organs but her stomach, Ian said that is not at all unusual. You have still got to explain the cyanide in the stomach. You have got cyanide in the drink, cyanide in the stomach. You have got someone who collapses in a way that cyanide causes. The defense lawyers believe that the trial was unfairly conducted. They felt the media and police have painted Jessica as an evil person. Also, the lack of direct evidence connecting Jessica to the crime is a little bit concerning. Since the shopping bags perfectly block the view of the table, no one can be 100% certain what Jessica did or did not do to the drinks during the hour she was alone. The defense team said it is unfair to indict someone based on circumstantial evidence. One interesting thing to note here is that the Australian law enforcement made it very clear to the Indonesian prosecutors that the only way they would help investigating this case is if the Indonesian judges don't sentence Jessica with a death penalty. In the end, the judges found Jessica guilty and gave her a 20-year sentence. Jessica, of course, remains her innocence to this day. Since her sentencing in October 2016, she has appealed numerous times. In fact, as of 2019, she has officially exhausted all of her legal options to overturn the decision. The Supreme Court rejected Jessica's plea for a judicial review to overturn her murder conviction and 20-year prison sentence. So I did a little research on what is a judicial review in Indonesia. In one of the articles covering Jessica's post-trial news, it said that a judicial review in which a convict must present new evidence clearing their name is the last option available for appeal in a criminal case. So the fact that this review was rejected means that Jessica will have to serve out the remainder of her sentence. The public's opinions on the case is very polarized. I found a lot of news articles criticize how the trial was handled. It seems like the intellectuals and the upper middle class Indonesians tend to believe that Jessica could be innocent. The less privileged, however, are leaning towards the fact that she is guilty. It was interesting to find information about how the rich are perceived there. Olivier is a very upscale restaurant slash cafe in a big shopping mall. 
most Indonesians cannot afford to be in a place like Olivia. The general public seemed to be happy that a rich girl couldn't get away this time with her evil deeds, even though her rich dad hired a celebrity lawyer team for her. I saw some videos, and her mannerism in the videos is a little bit bizarre. She smiled a lot in front of the cameras when the media was covering her trial. Mirna's family, especially Mirna's younger sister, said they believe that Jessica is enjoying the attention from the media. I just think it's weird that when Jessica is in Olivier, she's just saying "What's in the drink?" after Mirna starts convulsing. Yes. That's the weirdest part. In the 60 Minutes video, the owner said that interaction was the reason that she saved this drink because she just in that moment realized police could need this as evidence. And I think that maybe Jessica was trying to blame this on the restaurant, which you know her defense team did. I didn't include it in the earlier story. There was this one article I couldn't fact check, so I decided not to include. Her defense team believed that a waiter at the restaurant was involved in this because Mirna's husband wanted to kill Mirna and paid this waiter to poison his wife. It's so weird too, though, because what would the motive be for Jessica to kill Mirna? Have her relationship break off and then come back to this person who's not even in her life? If Jessica really did this on what I believe could be the motive, then she is so extreme. I think it's very common for immature female friendships to be caught up in certain kind of unhealthy jealousy. Oh my god, that would be the saddest motive, though, over something so petty. Why is it that the wealthier people believe that Jessica may be innocent? It seems like the wealthy class, maybe they know the system better because they are also the benefiter of the system. Maybe they know how dirty and corrupted everything is, and maybe they saw certain signs how the trial was conducted, or how certain phrases are used, or how the judges behaved. By looking at all of these signs, they put everything together and felt like, "Oh, I've seen these kind of behaviors. Totally shady." I wonder why they think she died. Then, if they think it is just a heart condition or some sudden health issues. Yeah. Well, the foaming of the mouth seems really specific. So the other thing is, I'm wondering where Jessica would have gotten cyanide. Very good question. That's what a lot of people are asking, but the police doesn't have answers because obviously Jessica says she's not guilty. Even if she did, she's not going to provide that information. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the hard part because they don't have any connection with her actually obtaining cyanide or having cyanide on her body. I mean, I think that she might be guilty, but I think it would be hard to prove it. But it's interesting that she was given twenty years. I think this very interesting to me that the Australian police wanted sort of a promise that she wasn't going to be tried for death penalty. My suspicion is that they have realized that although the circumstantial evidence really points to Jessica, but it's not direct evidence, and you have no confession. Yeah, the other thing too is it's international. Yes. 
the only reason that pushed me 10% over to she could be guilty is so her former boss is an Australian woman. Jessica happened to meet at work. So I don't see why she would make up this comment about Jessica saying this really random thing about killing someone with the right dosage. Yeah, that's so specific. Right, exactly. You know, there were people online, their theory was maybe Myrna's family and Jessica's families are business rivals. Of course, you know, Myrna's family didn't sacrifice their daughter or something, but maybe they did push to have Jessica be guilty because then they can, I guess, take out the business rivalry. But to me, it doesn't really make sense. I couldn't find any family background on Jessica, so I don't know if she has siblings, but most of the time, girls don't take over the business. It usually goes to the son. Exactly. And it doesn't seem like taking out, you know, taking Jessica out of the picture really would do anything to her family business. I don't think so. And I feel like that's something that you should be able to easily verify if that was the case. So that feels like more conspiracy theory. Totally. Oh, there are so many theories. So if you have to give a verdict, if I had to give a verdict and it's in a court of law and it's not just my opinion, I guess it's depending on how they want me to make that decision, but I might go with not guilty, even though I think she's guilty. Because the possibility of not guilty is too large for you? Yeah. And even though there's a lot of evidence, there is a, enough in the defense where it makes me question the evidence, like her playing around with her hands or like itching her hands, that could just be a nervous you know, reaction to it. Honey had the drink as well and she didn't get poisoned. Um, the toxicology report said it wasn't enough to be in her and it could be food preservatives. I mean, if all of those are true... Those are all enough for me to have enough doubt in my mind where even if I think she's guilty, I'm going to say she's not. Yeah, I think for me, I'm pretty much in the same boat. It's just if you actually have to make a legal decision, you don't feel comfortable. Yeah. Sending someone to jail and even perhaps death penalty, that's a whole different level of standard. Please leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe if you have enjoyed our stories so far. Also, we would love to hear from you. If you have any feedback, story requests, or just want to say hi, you can write to us at adevilstale at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in again, and we will see you next time.